Hey, buddy. No. I'm just going to do, from now on, I'm just going to do the Polly Shore voice, if that's cool with you. Uh, I can tell you. The weasel. I can tell you right off the bat, it is not cool with me. The weasel. My body's actually shutting down. Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from your childhood and see if they were any good. My name's DJ. My name's Damon. What's going on, buddy? No, uh, I just, I don't know. You can't see, but I'm doing like like the uh, the hang 10 sign yeah. and the I love you sign. I love, what's up, buddy? Uh, I don't know what it is. Like, if it's just like the fact that I dress like I'm the villain in a John Waters movie or something, <laughs> but I just am, it's so bothersome to me. The just the is? voice and the just like, hey guys, no rules, just right out back. <laughs> like that attitude, it just drives me insane. Tell me why. I just like everything just so. I am the Lane Smith of your life. <laughs> you're not though. You're not like you're not a like Is this about gay sex? If there were if there were a pool party going on, <laughs> you would not be the guy in my imagination who's harumphing in the side in a full three-piece suit. First off, you have never been to a pool party with me because that's exactly what I would do. No, you'd stay at home. I'm not saying <laughs> I wouldn't show up. Yeah. You just You'd be, I feel like that's beyond the harumpher. I'm the guy who's harumphing at home. At least the harumpher showed up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He like came to the party. He's added to your your uh, you know RSVP returns. No, in in truth, you'd be inside sipping mimosas with the people who are chatting in the kitchen. Oh, while yeah. the rest of us were cannonballing outside, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, oh, so loud, so loud. Keep it down out there, guys. Uh, keep your revelry to a minimum. I think you have too much, um, sticks up my ass. No, you have, you, you don't care enough to like, you wouldn't go outside and be like, keep it down. You would just laugh at those people. Right. And never want to be around them ever again. (laughs) Pool party too. Won't be showing up. You have plenty of plenty of loud friends that you don't judge. I am my la- own loud friend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's all about context. Now, if if you were in a library yucking up with your friends, you'd be the loud one. Wow, I'd be the Polly Shore. Yeah, I'd be the son-in-law <laughs> to the librarian. Sure, I'd be the in the army now. This, oh yeah, I forgot I'd about be that the one. biodome. Oh, yeah. There's one I'm missing in there. Wait, who's the other guy in bio? There's a lawyer one, isn't there? Stephen Baldwin. Jury duty. That's the other one. Sorry, jury duty. That's right. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin. I think pre-Christian. Oh, yeah, pre-Christian. Biodome. This was uh, like... And I remember he's shirtless in the commercial in the TV spots, Mm -hmm. and little baby Damon was like, I know he has like weird dreadlocks, white guy dreadlocks, but... What's going on, Stephen Baldwin? Was he like in shape then? I assume- oh yeah, he. I mean, he standard Baldwin trajectory, like really handsome, chiseled jawline, in good shape, just amorphous blob. I'm picturing like dad bod. amorphous. Was that Irish later? Blob. That came later. The yeah. dad bod. Okay. Uh, to, well, as hopefully you've recognized by now by clicking on the title, uh, we are <laughs> watching the movie Son in Law from 1993, starring Polly Shore. Polly Shore. You remember, okay, Polly Shore was unavoidable in the mostly late, because late of this, 80s, early 90s. Yeah, I would say early Was 90s. he ever a VJ or did I just picture him as a VJ? No, he was he was an MTV. I don't know if he would he technically a personality. be. Yeah, he was an MTV personality as MTV gravitated away from your videos into, well, no, I think they still have videos. But like he was like around in the beach area. He is the yeah. son of... Of the woman who founded the comedy store. That's right. Which I learned from Mark Marin complaining about her at all times. Yes. Um, but in so a he's an asterisk. Way. He's an asterisk. Right. He is a rags to riches story. <laughs> um, riches to riches. Yeah. He was just like everywhere for a while. And and he had the weasel voice. The weasel. Oh. I, I would not say that I was like super into him, but I did not mind. Like I was not annoyed by him. When it was going on, when I was 10 or whatever, whenever 10 or 11, whenever this was like peak, peak, 
peak, sure. I'm really trying to place what it is that bothers me about him. First off, that voice is annoying. Stop that. Yes. Yeah. He also like seems there's a little bit of like Ned Flanders in it where he seems like he's a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's just something like innate about him that makes me want to punch him in the face. Mm. I think you are not alone in that sentiment. <laughs> no, I uh, know I'm not alone. You're alone in this room because I don't I don't I don't like because you love him. I'm not gonna you defend your tattooed on your back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna go that far. I mean, on my foot, maybe, but I'm not gonna go <laughs> it's like a butterfly tattoo on your ankle. <laughs> on Tastefully my, uh, done. Yeah. Just a little on my uh Oh, the, a Polly Shore tramp stamp. Yeah. Don't slut shame the tattoo. Do not. Um, slut shame the tattooed person, of course. Sure, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's like the hippie, like the 90s, like nouveau not hippie. A real, he was not a Right, like, of course not. He is. I mean, what's that? There's a great quote on 30 Rock where the first generation of immigrants work hard to put the second generation of immigrants through college and the third generation of immigrants take improv classes. <laughs> I mean, because he's he's that like he's not a real hippie. He's the son of a rich lady who, you know, made it big by, you know, his mom probably getting him connections to Viacom Productions. <laughs> But I mean, you know, like something about this character that he created, the like Polly Shore character, which was like, I don't know how based on, obviously it's not like, it's a, it's a cartoon. Like it's not right. like him, but it's some version of him or whatever. And it obviously like worked for him in some way, shape or form. He got a bunch of movie deals. He like. It worked for a bit. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened. I don't like, it, they just, it, it, people, America had enough. Right. And was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all full up. I couldn't possibly yeah. eat another bite of Polly Shore. <laughs> and so I'm we all stuffed. moved on. And then now he's, somebody was telling me like they, he's coming here to Nashville and was like, he's looking real sad on the poster. <laughs> well, he kind of like, he had, uh, he was in the news like somewhat recently right? in that I think Jimmy Kimmel had him on playing Stephen Miller because Stephen Miller kind of looks oh. like Polly Shore, like a bald Polly Shore, which is accurate. Yeah. Didn't he have like a short-haired comeback recently, like some years ago? Well, I think in the movie In the Army now, he got his hair cut off because right. he was in the army then. Right. Um, and <laughs> and I think he sort of kept it after that. Yeah. He also of- had a, doc- a weird pseudo-documentary called Pauly Shore is Dead. Oh, yeah. Where he like interviewed other comedians trying to convince them that Pauly Shore was dead and... I mean, he, of course, didn't interview them because that would give away the ruse. Right. But they answered like very honestly about what they thought about Polly Shore. God. Or sometimes dishonestly. I think it's, I heard it was actually kind of interesting. I think there's also like a sexual element to Polly Shore. Okay. That okay. Maybe now we're baby, getting it. That maybe baby Damon Let's was uncomfortable. Get into it. Because uh, I think he gets naked a few times in this movie. In this movie? I don't remember that, but. But I have zero sexual hangups, so. <laughs> well, I am just sexual hangups <laughs> in a cardigan. <laughs> So we'll see. A nice little button up underneath. You know, you're looking very good today. I look like a Republican doing that (laughs) one commercial where he's like with his family. You know, in the campaign commercials, and like, and like my wife's just like, what I like about Edward is uh, his devotion to his family. (laughs) And like, there's a shot of me like going to church. Also, let's get rid of all immigrants. Also, trans people are stealing all your coal mining jobs. (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> Who cares? Vote for me. Ugh. Um, Caravan. Some, I don't know. Do you know. have a story about this movie? We haven't even, we've talked about Pauly Shore, but do you, have you, do you, have you seen this movie before? I know my friend Brad was, was like quoted this movie often. Oh, And Brad. so that's like why I kind of vaguely knew what it was. I know I had seen it and I thought it was fine. Uh, so he, he's dating this girl and she takes him home to her family and they're like farmers. And so he right. like, he's a city, a city hippie kid. Fish out of water. And so, yeah, he goes through like, he but the joke it. isn't like with usual fish out of water comedies, the joke is he doesn't know what's going on, but I feel like it's sort of reverse. Yeah. It's in just that the, he's completely at ease and makes everyone else uncomfortable, which is a style I think of comedy. Just, I also hate. <laughs> I think it's just the father-in-law. Like, I think everybody else is cool with them. Like what I about think Bob, he's like where everyone loves him except yeah. Richard Dreyfus. I think that's and Lane Smith is the Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, and I think it's just it's like he's just coming. He's got his own way of doing things. He's chill, man. Ugh. Hey, hey, Damon, Damon, <laughs> hey, Damon. What? 
Take it easy, bruh. Uh, no, I will take it hard, friend. Why will you not chillax? <laughs> Let's get into it. I actually was born, um, this is hard for me to say, but I'm unable to chillax. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, tell me this. Is there... Is there something about like the sort of like, is it like the forced happiness of like a work getaway? Is that that kind of vibe where you're like, you hate like forced fun? Like I'm trying to get to the bottom of your, like your hatred for this like chill vibe. I think there's also a feeling of like, probably because this came out while I was in high school. There's also a feeling of like, I don't know if I'm in on this joke or I'm not in on this joke. Am I Lane Smith? Am I the butt of this joke or am I... You know, is he just truly like trying to get everyone to go along or is he like secretly making fun of everyone in yeah. that group? I think as I, the butt of many a joke in high school, I could imagine that trauma being present <laughs> while watching a Polly Shore movie. Um, I think I want to be like in my mind, I'm like real calm and chill, like not not in my mind, but like my vision of myself is that I'm like, just like a take it breezy kind of dude. And like, you know, whatever, but like, that is not really how I I've am. I've watched you play video games. You are not a take it no, easy kind of dude. There is a rage monster. Inside <laughs> me. And I don't know why I have, there's not really a good reason for it. It's just like the, the way you are, you know, it's like right. the way you're, you're put together. And then, you know, it's the way GM'd me, as I always say. <laughs> you know? Uh, but also, I, there's work to get done on a farm. We can't just be like weaseling out on hay bales all the time. We got to get shit done. So it's the farm efficiency that you're worried about. <laughs> I just like I there's an attitude and there's also probably, you know, there's a lot of high school trauma, I guess. But I think about everything about every time you were on a group project. I don't know if you were ever oh, like yeah. in that group dynamic. Yes. I am the guy like people look at me like nearsighted, uh, neurotic. <laughs> Um, and I got good grades and they're like, we're not going to fail. Cause Damon will never let us fail. Yeah. Because he will do it all. Even if we goof off. Yeah. And there is like an attitude of like, Hey man, be cool. It's all, it's all going to work out. It doesn't yeah. matter. And I'm like, fuck you. These are my grades. I care about this shit. And that's why I'm Lane Smith in this movie. Like yeah. I care about this farm, Polly Shore. Yeah. We got to get shit done. We got to milk these cows or you know, pull these soy. Well, there's beans. <laughs> pull these soys. Uh, All these units of soy. Uh, I, I totally get that. And I, I have that a lot too. Like I'm a reluctant leader. Like if anybody else is around, at least right. that seems like they're going to do a good job. I'm like, yeah, you take this and I will be your lieutenant. I got your back. But if like, if, if Major, no one, maybe. I don't know. What is the one? Isn't lieutenant no, no, next you're, to you're, captain? You're, you're oh, okay, okay. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know rankings. Uh, we'll I'll lead. be your scout. If this was Stratego, I'd be your scout, which means I can move any amount of spaces I want. I'm 100% with you because, like, when we work – a really great example is at work when we work with uh, planners or coordinators. uh, Wedding planners. Wedding planners, event coordinators. Jennifer Lopez types. Well, yeah, it's not just for wedding for for private events for like corporate events. Same thing. There's you know there's a person that's like the point person, and there are like two types of relaxed people. There are like there are all kinds of uptight people, but there are like two. <laughs> there's the relaxed people who are like no big deal. We'll start at this time. Blah blah blah. They're cool and they're amazing because they're chill. They're cool. They got their shit together, but they don't they don't stress over the stuff that you don't really need to stress out. They're like if you if it's seven oh five and the thing that's supposed to start at seven hasn't started, they're like they're like we'll start at seven oh five. It's okay, right? And then there are the take it breezy kind of people who just are they're they're like take it breezy but they don't do anything and that's they're what take you're it ta- breezy about everything yeah that's what you're talking about we're like no that just means that i have to do those right. things i don't know how which kind of breezy son-in-law Polly shore is going to be but i imagine you know exactly it's going to be the slacking thing yeah i also am scared like we're all going to have to learn a lesson from Polly shore rather yeah. than Polly shore oh, learning yeah. a lesson maybe he'll grow as well i don't know guess we'll see where can our listeners find son-in-law um well it's on amazon and it's also on uh on cinemax skinemax because <laughs> apparently Polly shore gets naked i don't know about that i feel um, like he's naked in like like playing a guitar or something sure that sounds right um we're gonna watch son-in-law buddy. buddies we'll be back in a minute <sighs> 
80s and 90s and sometimes aughts movies and TV shows and seeing if they were any good to begin with. But y'all know that from where you from, you city folk. (laughs) Well, I've been rambling on for about a week or so, but, you know, we got different levels you can donate to should you see fit. If you you got the mind to, you can donate $5, $10, $15, $17—although that's not a specific level, so I don't know why you donate that specific amount. <laughs> and you get different prizes, like getting your name read in the credits, getting a song written by one of the hosts, getting a drawing written by one of the other hosts. The sodomite one, if I'm being blunt. But, you know, anyway, I gotta be walking on the old dusty trail, but I just wanted to let you know about patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. Another slash after it if you wanted to, I don't know. Anyway, my name's Rusty. I'll be seeing you around. Wow, it's almost like we rehearsed it. <laughs> good news, we're back. Oh, that is good news. We watched Son-in-Law featuring Polly Shore, featuring the mom from Hill, House on uh, Hill Haunted Hill House. I'm sorry, what? The Haunting oh, yeah. of Hill House. Carla Gugino. Uh The kid uh, from Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tiffany Amber Theason. And Mrs. Bueller. Mrs. Bueller, also, also uh, obviously... The late great Lane Smith and uh, and others, but those are the those are the big hits. Uh, we got a quick cameo from Brandon Frazier in there uh, as well, playing yeah. the character from Encino Man. I mean, in the scale of awkward cameos, I mean one uh, zero being seamless, like you yeah. don't even think about it, to ten being just completely ruining a movie. Chris Martin, this- what are you doing here? <laughs> I would put this at an eight. It was like, this pretty is, awkward. It's like if you don't know what's it's it, it's that same feeling I had like when I watch Marvel movies and I'm like, I know they're referencing something, yeah, but I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Even if you were like, if this were, if we were like in 1993, which, which I was, which I know Encino Man was a hit, like, right. but was it that obvious that you'd be like, <laughs> good reference. <laughs> Or like, I mean, it's not like it was Star Wars or but something. But it's also like, more jarring. Am I supposed to assume that Pauly Shore's character in this is the same as his character in Encino Man? Well, no. I mean, like, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to defend it because it's weird, but. It's such a weird thing to bank on, yeah. especially because it would be so close to, you don't know what like Encino Man's legacy is. Yeah. Honestly, in 2018, I still don't know what Encino Man's legacy is. Yeah. Greatest movie of all time? I don't know. One of one. But of I mean, the in the top five. It's in the AFI top 100 for sure. Fuck off, Orson Welles. For we got sure. some big players in here. Yeah. Um, okay. Damon, recap oh. this, your new favorite movie for me, please. First off, DJ, thank you for the opportunity. Um, You're welcome. Uh, so we got Carla, you know, playing Becca, which for here on out, I'll call her Becca. Mm -hmm. Um, she's from South Dakota, small town, South Dakota. Her father's a farmer, Lane Smith, the late Lane Smith, but not late in the movie. He's, he's fine. He's perfectly healthy. I don't believe he's pregnant. No. (laughs) So Becca is a farm girl from South Dakota. Uh She decides she wants to go to California to go to university, as they would say in England. Uh Um, and a spoiler alert, uh, Holly weird much. <laughs> right. Uh, it's all super crazy over there. Everyone's like, you know, liberal. Everyone's smoking doobies. Everyone's got long hair. Mm-hmm. You know, 
hell on earth. Right. Um, uh, and she she goes to she gets set up there, and uh, after a few weeks, she realizes she soups uncomfs. <laughs> um, but her RA, mm-hmm. the late Polly Shore. <laughs> Takes the weasel, her the weasel probably better the known weasel, to our listeners as the uh, weasel takes her under his wing in a platonic way, mm-hmm. Your Honor. Um, takes her shopping, takes her shopping, shopping montage, mm-hmm. haircut montage, tattoo with flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers montage, mm-hmm. and she you know becomes a California woman, mm-hmm. and uh, she decides to go home for Thanksgiving, see her boyfriend Travis, um, played by Brett Kavanaugh. But when she's about to head home for Thanksgiving, she finds out that the weasel crawl, Mm -hmm. which is played by Polly Shore, we haven't mentioned his dumb name, crawl. uh, He has nowhere to go for Thanksgiving, so she takes him home with her. Um, But she soon finds out that Travis, her boyfriend, is trying to propose to her. So she's clearly disinterested. Yeah, she's at. Yeah, it's it's. Solid semester in almost. She's not interested. She has Crawl pretend that he already proposed and she said yes. And so that's that. Then it's a fish out of water, standard fish out of water comedy where uh, he does some farm work, you know, falls in his face in manure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Travis um, says he's going to do a bachelor party for him. Mm -hmm. Turns out it's a whole faux rape scenario. Where he drugs Polly Shore, drugs another woman, played by the late Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Um Not late, but she is great. <laughs> you can be one without the other. True. Um, and uh, drugs them both to make them think that they slept with each other. Spoiler they didn't. They find mm-hmm. out they were drugged, call him out on Thanksgiving dinner. Polly Shore punches him in the stomach. Bam, bam, bam. Throws him out. And that's when he and Carla, a.k.a. Becca, decide that they're in love with each other for real. And that's love. And that's true love. That's Romeo and Juliet love. And that's when they get married at the end of the movie. And, okay, they don't get married, but they hold hands, which is, in a way, the manual version of marriage. In a very true. Latin sense. <laughs> um, and uh, something, 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 credits roll, and Queen plays. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's pretty Did much Did I miss it. any plot points? Oh, and Theo's a bastard. The, oh, yeah. the farmhand, farmhand is also yeah. a jerk, but he, he takes part in the faux rape, and uh, yeah. he helps drug. He gets one up or care. something. Yeah. He gets fired. And- that's and he learns to never faux rape anyone ever again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's some lessons were learned somewhere. Um, immediately, Crawl is a creepy jerk. Like, from the from the get-go. The first we meet him, uh, uh, the, the family has taken Becca to her new dorm room, like you do. And then... He's uh, Lane Smith, the the dad character, is looking for a screwdriver. He's forgot the key to their uh, the little brother forgot the key to the trunk, so he's looking for the R- the RA is right across the hall. So he just goes over there to look for a screwdriver to help open the trunk, and then crawls in there doing upside down sit ups. I guess uh, yeah, he's doing like he has one of those hanging those upside boots down boots. Yeah, that moon let boot, him hang up gravity boots. And yeah. uh, immediately he's like, "Is your daughter hot?" It's not like a fun, charming. It's like a gross, yeah thing. And his name is Crawl, which uh, is the dumbest. We found out in the IMDb uh, trivia uh, that his nickname was going to be Snake, which is just, I feel like that's a name you would give to someone because it's a noun for one thing, right? <laughs> Crawl is a verb, which is not something you would name someone. Yeah, but it's because that's how he would always get home after his drunken. Is that what he says? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, dumb. You get it. You get it. And my favorite uh, part of that about that scene, uh, so they're just kind of this family is inundated by the wacky California world where like it, it's like it's very cartoonish because they're like on this busy campus. People are like 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 children are like flying through the air. It's really <laughs> Muppetish, Muppetish. And then she has this uh, very sweet uh, seeming roommate uh, she meets. And but then she brings home. Her girlfriend. Oh my and god! And then, oh my god! And I wrote, 
can you imagine if lesbians is what I wrote. <laughs> Just basically what the movie's saying because they make out, but they don't like kiss like any normal humans of any. Right, they're like, oh, I'll see would. you later, and then they just like hardcore make out, which no couple of any, anything, any couple anywhere would do. If anyone did that, you would be right in saying, "All right, that's enough, <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> yeah. That is quite enough." You would have to call them lesbians if they did. That. You would. You have to declare them only. Les- that's the only way they know. It's like vampires welcoming vampires into your house. You have to declare that lesbians. <laughs> well, there's there's one thing that lesbians are known for stereotypically, and that's their flaunting their sexuality. Yeah, it's their it. lack of wanting privacy. Right. They want their sexuality to be, you know, hypersexualized. Uh-huh. So they make out hardcore in front of everyone, even if they're just saying goodbye for a few minutes. Uh yeah, what you got? Oh I I mean, I have a lot of notes. Don't get me wrong. Um, some are just thoughts, like nerdy Polly Shore is hot. He shows a picture to Becca of like when she's thinking about leaving school. Yeah. He's like, here, I want to show you a picture of me in high school. And it's like him in cute circular glasses with a little like uh, high and tight haircut with his little curls on top. And I'm like, where's that Polly Shore? Sign me up. That's the Polly Shore I came for. Oh, uh, I also that. have a note that says, is this all improvised? It does seem like it is. It's very uh, unscripted. And not in a fun way. No, it definitely feels like a producer said at some point, like, hey, guys, I just want you to let Polly do what he wants to do. And they definitely did that. And they did. I do have two instances, and maybe I will save these for the end, of Roger Ebert's patent-pending The Idiot Rule of movie scripts, where if everyone just stopped being an idiot for five seconds, the movie would be over, Mm. because the plot would collapse upon itself. Can you elaborate how that applies in this case? Thank you. Um, Just Tell Travis the Truth is the first instance. Carla... Why do I keep insisting on calling her the name I cannot pronounce? <laughs> Becca, um, she knows at, at one point, she, she, when she first arrive, arrives home, Travis, her boyfriend from home, uh, takes her aside from her family and starts to propose. And she, like, I, don't, I can't remember how she gets out of it, but she's like, uh, uh, oh, I think I hear my phone ringing or whatever. And she starts wandering off and she knows he's going to propose to her. And then they go to a country club uh, dinner and he gets up to talk and starts talking about and her immediately. Uh, that's him being an idiot, obviously. Like the signs are right. oh, sh- everywhere. Sure. Yeah. He should be like, oh, wow. When I pulled out a ring, my girlfriend walked in the direct opposite <laughs> direction. She winced. And then and left, <laughs> rambling madly. Uh, but then they go to a country club dinner, and he starts doing a speech again that's obviously leading to a proposal. And instead of her, instead of Becca doing anything, she steps on Polly Shore's feet and says, do something. Yeah. And he says, oh, uh, weird, because I asked her the same question a few weeks ago, and she said yes. We're so we're engaged. engaged. Yeah. Case closed. And so, I mean, that is a, I mean, it's a lazier version than a usual like rom-com rule, but like one lie leads to, oh, we have to maintain this lie for the entire movie. Right. It made me think though, because I mean, my memory of this movie is that because primarily because it's called Son-in-Law was that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They were a couple. And I don't see how really the movie would overall change if she maybe had broken up with Travis over the phone and brought Polly Shore home as yeah, her legitimate boyfriend. Yeah. I guess you could still have that weird drugging scene. Yeah. You could still yeah, that's true. I, I wanted I, it does seem like at some point some like even the movie I felt like had to remind me like, oh by the way, just in case you forgot. They are maintaining a lie from everyone else right. in this movie. Right. And I'm like, oh, right. They're pretending not to be in love, even though I'm not well, there's a lot of chemistry between them, but I like, I just assumed they were a couple for a long stretch of the movie. Well, and, it, and that's part of the, the problem with Polly Shore's character is he kind of vacillates because like he does like, especially towards the end, he does, they have romantic interest in each other. 
but he's like her best friend and then he's like kind of sassy gay best friend to the mom that too was weird, yeah and he like he does like the shopping which you know you can obviously a person can embody all those different things but it, well he does the shopping montage with becca at the beginning so right. it's not like completely out of left field when right. he does it with but he kind of like mom, flips back and but forth. But he does the snapping, which, especially in early 90s parlance, is like, oh, he's a gay man. The Z snapping. <laughs> of course. I understand. Because we couldn't yet talk about gay sex. Did so you have Z to... snapping is the only thing we understand. Is that how you communicated with other... Yeah, if you see a man across the bar, you just look at him and you do... Now, if the Z is facing you, that yeah. means you're buying stock. But if the okay. Z is facing him, it means you're selling stock. Do you understand? I do understand. Okay. Uh, now tell me about three snaps in a circle. Was <laughs> that? What? Wait. What is? I can't do a circle with just. I need four snaps at least for a circle. Well, right? you need an infinite amount of snaps to do That's a proper true. circle. But Leonardo uh, da Vinci taught me that. <laughs> uh, wait, but I have a second instance of the idiot rule. Okay. Thank you. Um, there is a scene where Polly Shore has decided to take on farm work to um. prove like he could inherit this farm one day. And he, at the, I mean, it's a comedy of errors, comedy of manners, et cetera, et cetera. Comedy <laughs> of uh, errors in air quotes. And there's like a pre-lunch scene and a post-lunch scene. Pre-lunch, you see him like failing at everything. Post-lunch, he's sort of got a, a gist of a few things. But in the post-lunch scenes, because he has a gist of things, you're like, oh, okay. He's showing Theo and Lane Smith's character what's what. Like he can learn things. Yeah. So after he's done that, he sees a machine covered in a tarp and decides to crawl into it. It's a combine. And just turn it on and start driving it with the sheet still on it. Yeah. Which he, make, he doesn't it's like, realize it's moving. Right. He doesn't seem to realize it's moving until the sheet gets caught on like a piece of fence, pulls off the machine, and then he starts screaming. And I wrote idiot rule again. Why would you just start driving a machine? Yeah. And not realize it's moving. He does say, literally out loud, mischief, as he gets <laughs> And I think you have your answer. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I'm going to cross that off my notes. Can we, while we're on that scene, you found a very glaring continuity error, which we don't normally point out in this podcast unless Right, it's, it's usually very pedantic, but this, and usually I don't catch them, yeah. which is why I was I so I normally don't disturbed. care about this at all, but it was Go pretty... Ahead. It was pretty bad. Oh no! Go ahead because this you caught this way before. Okay, so so um, the machine starts. <laughs> the machine starts moving, and Lane Smith uh, comes out of the barn and realizes like his two hundred thirty thousand dollar machine is moving with a sheet on it. He is wearing mark my words. He is wearing a purple polo with a white undershirt underneath, as you would wear an undershirt, and on top of which he is wearing a windbreaker, a maroon. Mm-hmm. Windbreaker. Yes. Uh, he and the farmhand, Theo, start chasing after the combine to stop Crawl, uh, which always heard as Crawl, um, <laughs> uh, from ruining their crop. And when they finally stop Crawl, he is wearing a plaid shirt with a white undershirt. There's some continuity for you. Mm. And a, no, wait, sorry, a plaid wool jacket with a denim button-up shirt with a white undershirt yeah and it's so glaring well it looks it's that i caught it like upon first viewing like what the fuck it makes you think it's like a different day like it's it's like wait how long was he on this (laughs) he has been on there for a week and a half yeah um, and then later in that same day, he's back in uh, his maroon windbreaker. So the whole fucking movie was he back in the original? I thought that was a he wasn't even, the same. It was a different outfit, outfit, but he was wearing the same maroon windbreaker. That, that right? doesn't bother me because it's like we don't. know. You could put on a different jacket. Well, shirt. and that could have been a different day. We don't really know how long that was. Right. Like it doesn't matter. But that was like the same scene. Just a different shot, and it was really, it was really glaring and weird. I'm um, crossing on my note that says Lane Smith's coat. Let's talk about some uh, nomenclature in this. Okay, so we've got some a lot of polyshoreisms. Obviously, that's what you came for. It's what you paid yeah. your money for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, why you bought popcorn, which is weird because it has nothing to do with popcorn. But apparently an accepted term for breasts is cones. Well, it's not even, he's not even the first person to say it. Uh, Becca is the first person to say cones. Is she? Yeah, on the beach when they're checking out that hot babe. Um, mm. And then she starts talking to that really steroid riddled guy. Yeah. She says, he has bigger cones than I have. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Do you think it's because of um, Madonna's Blonde Ambition tour going on around the same time? Mm. Does that when, when did she, she was wearing cones on her her uh, on her bustiers at the time? You know what makes me really uncomfortable, regardless of how bodacious they are. Context, it comes up mud wrestling. Oh, it just makes me think someone's gonna break a leg. Yeah, because you're slipping and sliding. It makes me really uncomfortable. And they're no, they're not like. There's no padding of any sort. And there's uh, the only padding is mud. Yeah. One. It seems like a sport from a very specific time in American history. Yeah. And seems weird to like be like, we're going to document this in our movie. It's and plus it doesn't yeah. go to charm. Like it's during the charm period of the movie where we're supposed to be being charmed by Pauly Shore's yeah. character. And it's the antithesis of that. Like, He's being he took a, a, a small town girl to a mud wrestling match. She's really uncomfortable. She wants to leave. Well, is she? Because she yeah. goes to well, the, the she, DJ and like she's like embarrassed and wants to leave. The, the MJ, the mud wrestling jockey. Yeah. And <laughs> like says, "Hey, put Polly Jor in the ring." Polly Jor is that what I said? Put Polly Jor in the ring. Do you know him? Anyone? Polly Jor. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I mean, it just, I mean, there were several mo- moments where this movie almost won me over on Polly Shore and then almost immediately lost those points. They didn't, the, the Polly Shore charm offensive did not work on you. I don't think it, I mean, there were a few charming moments, like little dances he does and like, yeah, there it's little it's, dances he does. Well, it's like, and maybe this is like looking back on it, like a, with a modern sensibility, but like. The charm like slips in and out of like creepy weirdo into like him like just I'm just having fun it's cool like and like being nice to everybody. But isn't that the trick of the creepy weirdo? Is like hey I'm just having fun man. Why don't you make out with this girl for a little bit? Why don't you wrestle in the mud with her? Let me see it. But it's (laughs) but it's like the movie's trying to and I think that probably speaks to our time maybe of just like. Hey, maybe you shouldn't be so like freewheeling Bob Dylan, Polly Shore, <laughs> and <laughs> maybe respect people's boundaries when they explicitly state them. Yeah. <sighs> We're both exhausted. <laughs> I had the same feeling that I have when I watch like iterations of Romeo and Juliet. By the way, this is the first time that Romeo and Juliet has been compared to son in law. <laughs> uh, but. I think that everyone who is a teenager reads Romeo and Juliet from Romeo and Juliet's perspective, but anyone over the age of 25 reads Romeo and Juliet from the parents' perspective, and it's just like, fuck off, you dumb kids. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's how I felt like when I was watching the parents. I was like, yeah, they have everything they're saying is correct. They should spit on Polly Shore to tell him to go the fuck away. And they... They don't have to welcoming welcome him into their whittling circle or whatever the fuck they're doing. Well, they, and they're just like just because he's like, "Hey, I'm wearing a mesh tank top, buddy." Yeah, I mean, fuck like, off. He's got like the the like the isms that like his language stuff, and that's like like ninety percent of what they're using as an example of him being charming. And they like could have come up with so many more examples. Like, and I right. feel like all of their examples of him were just kind of poorly done like the, the square dance which is a good idea a solid idea but they they just like it's so slapdash like it's so like right, and he gets up there and he sort of like takes over the square dance and it's all haphazard and weird and then immediately people are like rubbing butts and it's right. like what like it they could have totally and he gets angry when the guy who's running the thing is like please step off the stage and i'm like i side with this old man asking yeah. you to get off the stage God, harumph! <laughs> rules are rules. <laughs> They're for everyone's safety, Polly Shore. Rules are made to be followed. That's what I always say. Um, 
the other thing I the 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 movie seemed to be going like by the beat, but not by the actual story it set up. There was a weird right. moment where after the weird uh, goof, the continuity issue of Lane Smith's coat. But he stops uh, Becca on the stairs and he says, hey, I want to apologize for me being out of sorts. And it's directly the, after this Lane scene Smith where right, yeah. um, it's directly after the scene where Pauly Shore has taken the super expensive combine out and carved his name into the cornfields. Yeah. And it's like, why would this character it's like be apologizing at this got point? misplaced. Yeah, right. It's. It's almost like I have a feeling maybe that the combine combine scene wasn't supposed to be there. They like added it in, and they added it in as sort of like a new story beat. Because think about it: if it was gone, you would have Polly Shore fucking up before lunch, and then Polly Shore sort of knowing what he was doing after lunch, and then maybe Lane Smith's character development would make sense. Like, oh, you know what? This city boy you brought to our farm. Sort of showed that he could might be able to learn the ropes after a while. Right. I will apologize to, to yeah. you for being out of sorts this morning. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense after he stole your John Denver tapes and went for a ride, stealing all your corn in his combine. Yeah, makes no li- sense. That's their livelihood, man. Yeah, like all it's the not, other all the other it things. It might just were be him. fun and games to you, Polly Shore, but that corn gets me. Government subsidies. Yeah. You ever heard of high fructose corn syrup? That's our bread and butter. But not literally our bread and butter. It's just a sweetener that's used. (laughs) And because of government subsidies, it's super cheap. It's the same as sugar. What's your fucking problem? It's the same caloric intake. This message brought to you by the Corn (laughs) Council. Uh, And we'd like to thank our sponsor, the Corn Council and the Koch Brothers. Also, you speak of corn subsidies, but this whole farm takes place in the 1950s, I think. There are no like machines doing any of this work, and it's all like there's like I don't know like six acres of corn and like one yeah, cow. Yeah, there's pigs. There's like, there's like three five pigs. pigs. Yeah, uh, ten chickens. And which I'm is, like, which okay, you know, fine. But it's like it would make sense if this was Sleepy Hollow, right. but it doesn't make sense in 1990s. Like you know, as farms are being taken over by. You know, giant industrial farming complexes. I wanted Monsanto in this movie, is what I'm saying. Ooh, I would love a Monsanto cameo. Instead of Brendan Fraser, could they just have Monsanto just round up a resistant corn seed package just sitting there in the corner? <laughs> okay. Oh, also, speaking of 1950, there's a weird scene where uh, Polly Shore is the gay best friend to Mrs. Bueller. Right. He re uh, gives her a makeover, not re, but just gives her a makeover. She goes to uh, a square dance, and Lane Smith is like, "Ooh, I've got a boner now, thank you." You're and giving they, me a semi. He takes her to Poundtown. Lane Smith uh-huh. uh, saves their marriage single handedly. Polly Shore, um, and then we see that Lane Smith is pushing two twin beds together, <laughs> as if that was th- something that ever happened outside of the I Love Lucy show. <laughs> like, look, dear, I mean, I don't, I hate to sound like Mitch McConnell or something, but do you? Dear Hollyweird, <laughs> uh, middle America doesn't actually look like how you interpreted 1950s America. People slept in queen b- beds. They didn't actually... The only reason you saw twin beds beds on television was because of standards and practices. There's not, no one was sleeping in twin beds. That's fucking ridiculous. Fuck off. (laughs) It's just so dumb. Yeah. And I feel like that was, I was, I was a little nervous going into this movie because I hate, because we live in Tennessee and I grew up in suburban slash rural Tennessee for the most part. I hate watching shows that take place in the South because well, Any show South Dakota, that, so true, but I mean culturally, area. the yeah, South, yeah, uh, rural, rural areas. I always get nervous whenever that's depicted by uh, a Hollywood movie because I'm like, it's either going to be 1850 or 1950, right? Right. It's either going to be like just the clan running the town, or just people are still in like 1940s tractors driving up the street. We don't have paved roads. Some people aren't wearing shoes. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you noticed, but most television stations just run by like five corporations now. So we are well aware of how New York and Los Angeles look. It all looks the same. America just looks like the fucking same pretty much with more cornfields sprinkled throughout the Midwest. And Walmarts. And Walmarts. But like people wear (laughs) shoes. I mean, they shoot up heroin just like you do. Uh, Your opioid addiction is not cooler than ours. I was happy that the South wasn't like portrayed as like completely retrograde in this movie. That's one of the few positive points I would say to this movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he... Polly Shore. Polly Shore's character sometimes is dismissive of He that. says, Are you inbred? Like the first right. people he sees, which is like, Wow. Wow. Yes, but wow. <laughs> uh, I am sleeping with my cousin. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, I have, I have a small thing. Okay, bring it on. So, in the uh, one of the charm offensive moments, uh, Polly Shore wants to get some. Area appropriate digs. So she wants to get some new clothing that's uh, like right. cowboy clothing. So she takes him to a store and he's trying on stuff. And then uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character is there. And then. Uh, Do you say Thiessen? Is that how you say it? I just say Thiessen. Thiessen. Thiessen is what I Thiessen. say. I don't know. Whatever. T A T. Thiessen. Uh, wasn't that one of Frank Lloyd Wright's houses? What I call her. Frank Lloyd Wright designed Thiessen in Arizona. It's beautiful. Sure. It's beautiful. Uh, it's such. <laughs> It's just like use a lot of hexagons. He comes out in chaps, but he's right. but they they and they're like, oh, are those chaps? Just kind of joke, and he's like, right. yeah. And there's a zoom in on his crotch to show, like, hey, to show, hey, they're this, chaps. Yeah, but you know, he's got he's wearing jeans underneath, and yeah. then he turns around and uh, he his he has his bare butt. Right. Oh, funny joke, right? How did he do that? Was that listed as a continuity error in the IMDb I don't think so. uh, list? It just confused me. It no, actually... it absolutely makes no sense unless he had scissors back there and cut the ass cut out the of butt. his jeans. Yes, yeah. because chaps don't ha- they you know they don't have a butt, but they also don't have a front. That's that's right. the whole thing. So when we zoom in on his crotch, we should have seen his bare penis. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that's you're what angry because I... you didn't see Polly yes. Shore's bare penis. Thank you for understanding. And by bear penis, I mean, of course, it's <laughs> B-A-R. Something weird about saying bear penis. I don't know why. Rawr. While we're, you know, while we're talking about Polly Shore's body. Uh-huh. Uh, there is, um, Go on. There is a scene uh, when he first arrives at Taliesin or wherever the fuck he is, at, at the uh, homestead. Mm-hmm. He's give, serving... Some shaggy realness. He's got a green uh, long sleeve t shirt oh, on and from some. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Scooby Doo. Right. Way to go, Scoob. <laughs> that's shaggy. He's wearing some brown corduroy bell bottoms, like uh-huh. bell bottom, not flared pants, but bell bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very tight. I'm just, I'm a casual observer. I just noticed that they were very tight. Your Honor. Yeah, we'll, we'll allow it. Thank you. Uh, Polly Shore has some shapely thighs. You know, I tried large thighs. You pointed that out while we were looking, and I I didn't, I don't mean to. uh, I feel like he looked like Torgo from Manos, the Hands of Fate. He's a weird looking dude all over, but he's got so many accessories at all times that I, focusing, other than he's live, I didn't really catch much about. Well, that's what directed me to his thighs. Thank you. Uh Um, is that he is lithe, but then he's got, like, these thighs. You know how, like, Popeye's forearms, but imagine them as thighs. Okay. Just I've, like these I've done it. Big, <laughs> like, with anchor tattoos, no less. Um, just these big, like, things hmm. around his. And then, of course, of his uh, bulge was showing as well. Of course. Noted of course. by baby Damon. Little tween Damon. <laughs> filed it away. So there wasn't really, other than the butt, he did show the butt in the chap scene, but there wasn't any other really. Well, he has also a lot of open shirts, which that might have done it for Baby Damon because, you know, I didn't have access to the internet or pornography. It's Um, a real damn shame. All I had was Details Magazine that my brother subscribed to, probably for the same reasons that I was leafing through my brother's (laughs) Details Magazine. Um, So an open button-up shirt would have done it for, for a 1994 Damon or whenever 1993 Damon. It's the Victoria's Secret of 
It's a very Victorian like time. And, uh, not to play on your words. It's a very Victorian thing. Like, I had to just deal with what I got. Yeah. Man has a unbuttoned poke, shirt. That's what I got. Poke it through the sheet. Large thighs. <laughs> sure. I guess. If that's what I got, that's what I got. I have a societal question. Can we, as a society... Uh, yes. First off, I have that control. So whatever yeah. you're about to ask, I, I'm gonna, I'm I gonna decree. Put a, I'm going to put an official request. Yeah. Uh, anybody. It, it doesn't have to be just, just girls, but especially daughters. No calling your father's daddy oh. after age 10. It's gross. Is 10 a good cutoff? I feel like that's about right. I feel like 10 is generous. I think that's fine. I think, you know. How about after age two months? No more dad. <laughs> like gross. Like, I feel like I I get it. Little girls call their dad's daddy. I feel like the minute that sugar daddy started getting called daddy, it was like, oh, you ruined it. Okay, it's done. Little girls. You don't get that anymore. Call him father. Thank you. And you are gross. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) Sorry. They ruined it for everyone. I'm sorry. 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 If you want to be angry at someone, be angry at these sugar daddies. They did it. They, They ruined it. I can't. We were all having fun until Sugar Daddy showed up, started dating 20-year-old girls, made him call him daddy. Has that ever happened to you in a romantic situation? Oh, called you daddy? Oh, no. Thank God. Because I would immediately be like, out, out. I can't. I would tap out. Can you tap out during sex? <laughs> so the end of the, the, the story is that Travis, the ne'er-do-well villain, yeah. ex-boyfriend, um, with kind of a rightful reason to feel aggrieved, but... Not to the point that he expresses it. Yeah, in a breakup sense. Um, He offers to host a bachelor party for Pauly Shore. It's him, PJ, Squee. Uh, (laughs) His dad's coming over with, is going to read through some calendars in front of Uh, his friends. Yes. Brett Kavanaugh, he's he's, going to host the bachelor party for for, uh, Pauly Shore. He and Theo Mm -hmm. drug Polly Shore, yes, which he sort of blacks out, while Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who, to our knowledge, is not a professional uh, exotic dancer. She's just a local girl they hired to dance for the bachelor party. He blacks out in the middle of her little in routine. The, in the middle of her routine, and then later on, Becca discovers them in the barn. Asleep together. Uh huh. Now, at this point in the story, which is almost four fifths of the way through the movie, Becca and Crawl are not in a relationship. They are pretending to be in a relationship. Right. And if I were being super critical, I would say the movie has not made a great effort to show that they have any chemistry together at all. But it was really frustrating because it's actually Crawl that has been interested in Becca and she has rebuffed him earlier in the movie. So there's really nothing bad that's really happened at all. Did she rebuff him? Yeah, he held her hand and sort of said that he liked her and she poo-pooed it. Oh, okay. I guess I missed that. (laughs) Um, it was when they were going up to the lighthouse. We were making a lot of jokes about them having to replace the bulb, and like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's one of those movies that you can sort of tell is written by a man because, like, the expectation is that a woman doesn't say what she means, mm. and so she, the movie wants us to believe like she does love crawl. Can't you see how angry she got when he? did a thing that he theoretically could do, which was sleep with another woman because she's rebuffed him several times and said she didn't want to be in a relationship with him. Yeah. But he should have known that she secretly did want to be in a relationship with him the entire time. What an asshole he turned out to be. Uh, I don't know. That really pissed me off because I felt like the movie was expecting me to like, it's like the movie was expecting me to do like some equations off to the side while it was still running. You like, do the you do the plot. You figure it out. You know how these things usually turn out. So, I don't want to do a lot of the legwork that good romantic comedies do. So do you think like from now on, every night before you go to sleep, you'll just see 
Lane Smith sang Munch on some grindage. <laughs> Is that just part of your routine? That was one of. Can you explain one the origin of that, and then two why it's so uh, bothersome and tattooed into my brain for all time? Well, the origin of it, other than I mean, in the movie, Polly Shore says it because he's gonna. Hey, can I go to the kitchen? I want to munch on some grindage, which which I actually had to make you pause the movie and tell me what he just said. He said munch on some grindage. grindage. I think grindage is the like for food is like what. Yeah, it's like that's the part that makes gives me pause, but Your then Honor. At the end of the movie, you know, he's been accepted into this family and Lane Smith says, Come on, dude, it's time to munch on some grind and he tries to And Lane like, Smith is so I mean, he's jerking his head around in an unnatural it's almost like yeah. he's keeping time. Like his head is like turning at five seconds, ten seconds, fifteen seconds. He's trying. Munch on some grindage. Everybody kind of gets uh, an attempt. Uh, I think um, Sandlot does it best. He says a couple things. I don't remember what he says. He says something about getting nugs, which is apparently Ugh. women, I guess. Yeah, that's women. Uh, Becca says it a couple times, says a couple things. Even the mom says a couple things. The grandpa says a few things, which I don't remember when he's telling Travis Oh, to yeah, get he out. says chill out. Chill. Why don't you Some, chill out? Yeah. yeah, it's all great and very charming. You want to go to the verdict? Yeah, let's get this over with. You're in a child's an idiot. This is not good. Uh. I was expecting to be a, a lot more charmed by the whole thing. Um, I Especially, like, if I were coming, like, if I had just missed the 90s, like, just kind of missed the whole Polly Shore thing, I'd you be You were like, in a coma. Yeah. And I watch this now, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why the- is this man in a movie, and why is the movie seemingly centered around him? Yeah, I mean... I have like it's faded context, but I have some context for this. I lived through the nineties, like I know he was a thing. I knew it was coming, like I know his shtick. And I'm still like I it's not that I don't get it, it's that I don't think it works. You know what I mean? Like it's not confusing to me, it's just kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's just really annoying, which I know he's supposed to be, but he's Is I, he supposed to be? Well, I think That's one of my questions of the movie is like, is he supposed to be annoying or is he supposed to well, be Well, he's charming? supposed to be annoying to certain characters. Right, but, but it, is he supposed to be annoying to I, us? No, I think he's supposed to be charming to us, right? I think you're supposed to be able to like recognize why he'd be annoying, annoying to a to bunch of sticks in the mud. To us. Yeah, but I, it doesn't work for me. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I would also agree that you're in a child as an idiot, but I will take a different tact. Please. And that this movie was more charming than I expected. Uh. There were a few bits that I was charmed, and you and I would glare at each other <laughs> when we caught each other laughing at the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there were a few moments where Pauly Shore did, like, I wouldn't say win me over, but he was on the path to winning me over. Sure. And then another scene happened and I was like, Oh, right. No. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it wasn't as bad. I was really expecting a full on watching you watch Nell experience, which is <laughs> one of the best things. If you ever get a chance to watch <laughs> DJ, watch Nell, I can't recommend it highly enough. Not Nell the movie. Don't watch that. Watch <laughs> DJ, watch Nell. It's great. Mwah, mwah, mwah. But I was expecting that for me, where I was yeah. just going to be wincing and like uncomfortable the entire time. Uh, but I didn't have that, and there were a few charming moments in this. Um, but there were a lot of uncharming, like weirdly dated moments. Yeah. In this, and a lot of weird forced moments, and also sometimes when the continuity didn't match up, where you realize like, oh, they had to add a moment in here to fill out the the bare bones 95 minutes that this movie runs uh so Uh, yeah your inner child is an idiot but i'm probably like a little closer to neutral on this movie than you are yeah well i maybe my expectations were too high even for this but uh sadly the most 
the most cringeworthy moment comes from Lane Smith trying to say <laughs> munch on some ground. It, it like maybe want to. Well, it's run Lane away. Smith trying to do Polly Shore, which is uncomfortable for anyone. Yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable like, enough to watch Polly Shore do Polly Shore. It'd be like watching a robot smile. You're like, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, what do you think, everybody? Why don't you email us? You're an idiot at gmail.com. You oh, can... by the way, this movie takes place at Thanksgiving. That's the reason we, we oh, yeah, reviewed yeah. it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. We kept forgetting to say it. This is a Thanksgiving movie. Happy Yay, Thanksgiving, happy everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> call us and uh, tell us what other uh, Thanksgiving movies we should watch. Six. No, but seriously, we're running out of them. So if you could call us yeah, and tell us what other Thanksgiving movies we could do. That number to call is 615-576-0525. Leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. You can find us on all the social medias. Uh, you can uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash you're in a child as an idiot. We want to thank our current patrons, including Jacob Grimm. His honor, the mayor. Jeremy Powell. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Kurd. Larissa Maestro. Dan McIntyre. Ghost in the Burbs. And Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. Your support is helping us keep doing this show. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash you and child is an idiot. Thanks for listening, everybody. Buddy. Everybody. Everybody. That's so weasel. Didn't he make a sound like a Hannibal Lecter sure. sound?